What's going on, everyone? My name is Everett Delorme, and it's been a little while. It's 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 been a minute. Uh, it's been a, quite a few months since uh, we've had a podcast, but we're back. It is Thursday, October seventh. It is the fall, and the fall means one thing, and that is the start of the club volleyball or pro volleyball season. Now, some leagues have already kicked things off. Germany's kicked things off. Uh, Poland, uh, a little bit of stuff in Russia as well. But today we're going to be talking about the granddaddy of all leagues, the one that is basically unanimously known as the best league in the world. And today we've got none other than Mr. User Tommy Blizzard, Tommaso Panini, calling in all the way from Modena to talk about the Italian Superliga. First of all, Tommy, how are you doing today? Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm good. We just, uh, as, I, as I told before in our private conversation, uh, we just uh, received news that they actually almost uh, doubled the allowance inside our arenas. Nice. All, all our fans, uh, we were uh, hoping for 100%, but uh, we'll have to stick with 60%, at least for a little more. And we'll see if the situation keeps improving and maybe they will gradually increase it and we maybe we'll reach 100% in uh, weeks, months, we don't know. <laughs> Depends on how it goes. Will, will you be among that first, um, you know, first people into the Palapanini? To go watch your beloved Modena play this. Oh, look at that! He's already got. He's he's already got. Is that a season ticket or is that just a? Is my season ticket? Wow! Look at that. So you're going to be there live on location. It's been a long time. You did not get to go see any volleyball last year whatsoever, correct? One game. One, One game. game. Because they, they uh, if I remember correctly, last year the limit when there was actually a limit before they closed it down completely was a 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. So uh, Modena had more than 1,000 subscribers, so they had to rotate the, um, the ticket holders. So I just went to one game, uh, very, a very short game, a 3 nil game against Piacenza, which was uh, going in a... Piacenza was in a very rough uh, situation. They had, were in very bad form, lots of injured players, so it was a smooth 3-0 win. Mm -hmm. and. But on, on retrospect, it was something we rarely see, rarely saw in modern last year. But uh, hopefully, this year will be different. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. I'm I'm excited for you. You know, where I mean, it's not like I can't even watch volleyball in any capacity live uh, right now in, in Canada. I guess university vo volleyball starting up, but. Uh, Nothing at the, the level that you'll be watching. Now, today we're going to be kind of going over the entirety of the league. If you're f familiar with Tommy and his work, he does a fantastic job of breaking down Italian volleyball for a number of years now over on Reddit, on uh, um, the, uh, I mean, our volleyball subreddit. And of course, you are a beloved member and very active member of the Volleyball Source Discord uh as well so basically we're going to be kind of just going an overview of some of the transfers that have happened uh you know last year to this year kind of give an overview of some of some of the teams um then we're going to kind of go through the teams we're going to have tommy kind of rank where his teams are or we're, we're going to start at the bottom and and and, and work our, our our way up um with some discussion of course and then we're going to give some of our pr uh, predictions for uh for th this season now, correct me if I'm wrong, but we do actually kick off the season um, this weekend, no? Yep, Saturday we have the first match. I think it's uh, Padova versus Lube. 
is the, the first match on uh, Saturday at 6, 6 p.m. Um, uh, Italian time. And then on the on Sunday, the 10th, there will be um, most of the matches. Because if I remember correctly, there will be one game which will be postponed to Tuesday, I guess. But yeah, most uh, most games will be will be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, arguably, the um, the most interesting one is uh, Modena, which is going to Monza, and probably it's the most uh, leveled match uh, of the of the first match week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they will they'll be traveling to to, to Monza, so unfortunately, you won't be able to be able to be there. For Canadian fans, you will get a chance to see some Canadian action first off in the first match on Saturday, as Eric Lepke. Uh, will be playing for uh, Kione Padova. Last year, he played his first season in Ravenna. He made the switch over. Once I'm excited to talk about them because I think Padova is actually going to have a pretty good year. I think they've got a really, really nice squad put together, and I think Lepke's going to be right, r- right in the middle of that. Um, but yeah, super exciting. Of course, this year, the announcement as well, too, that um, the Volleyball World will be streaming all of the Italian League matches. So you guys can head over uh, to Volleyball World and, and check things out. Now, t- Tommy, before we get into things, I do want to give uh, a bit of a shout out. I don't know if you saw, I, I'm sure if, if you're a member of the Discord, uh, which is a strong possibility that you are if, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you've been seeing kind of the merchandise that I've been posting uh, throughout the past couple of days. Well, it's finally live. The store is finally here. So you guys can head over to that volleyball.store to get all of your official spicy volleyball merch. We've got short sleeves, we got ha- three quarters, long sleeves, hats, toques, um, uh, a little bit of everything. We got some stickers if you want to put it on your on on your um, on your laptop, water bottles, coffee mugs. Uh, cell phone covers uh, a little bit of everything. We're going to be adding some volleyball source gear uh, soon as well. But I mean, I think the spicy volleyball stuff is just, it's a little bit more apropos because it, uh, it, you know, it, it very much represents the, the discord, our, our fun little community. That's, that's grown quite a bit. Definitely does. I mean, Tommy, and as, as I mentioned earlier, you, you have, uh, you're, you're a big credit to that as one of the people who probably posts the most in in the discord you're you're definitely up there in that like top top five percentile i wouldn't know actually have um, most channels uh, i kind of silence them because i of course i it's not like i can keep track of volleyball in, in all over the world but of course when in the area when i can actually give uh, some contribution like italy of course but also occasionally on uh, cv or fibb uh, well, I try to to do my part because I think volleyball uh, deserves uh, more uh, uh, more spotlight, and I know how the situation is in general. But uh, of course, in Italy, in Italy, everything is shadowed by football or soccer, as you call it. Mm-hmm. But also basketball, racing, uh, both car and motorbike—they all have more exposure than volleyball. So I I think I'm. I want to do my part to increase the visibility a bit because it really deserves it. Every time I bring a new fan to a volleyball match, they they get out there really excited. Say, I didn't know that sport was uh, so fun. See, absolutely. I mean, we're, 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 if you're listening to this, we're kind of preaching to the choir. But uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, without further ado, we let's let, let's get into it. Let's uh, uh, start things off now. Yeah. Um, where where do we want to start? Do we want to start with some of the transfers? Do we want to start? We can talk talk about um, Prism Toronto, 
um, who uh, have joined the league. Kind of, oh, how, how do you want to start with this with with this overview? Well, I don't know uh, how you prefer. I guess. I mean, I can give you some kind of introduction. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Okay, I'll try to be short, but uh, cover pretty much all the points. So um, this this year we'll have uh, thirteen teams. They were uh, meant to be 12, but uh, Ravenna managed to, to find the money to, to run a Superlega for uh, at least one more season. So we will have uh, uh, one, uh, one team on by every week. And uh, every team will play each other twice, once on and once away. We have points-based system, which I reckon is not something very common in uh, North America. So if, if you win a tie break, you get two points. If you lose a tie break, you get one point. Otherwise, it's three points for the winner and then none for the losers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at uh, mid-season, the, the standings uh, provided the Coppa Italia, the Italian Cup pairings. And uh, they are all do or die matches, quarterfinals, semifinals, and final. And then at the end of the season, we have playoffs. Again, the top, the top eight are um, qualified. Quarterfinals are best of three series, and uh, semifinals and finals best of five. Of course, best of the team has the only field advantage, and courts courts switch uh, after the game. And uh, also, uh, last year there were no relegations, but this year we'll have two, and we'll have uh, one promotion from Serie A due. So next year we'll have uh, 12 teams and uh, no more uh, buy rounds. Wow, so it's it's... A little bit more cutthroat. Yes, you do have the extra team this year, but two two teams are going to be relegated down to Serie Serie A two. So that's uh, that's something to remember this season because last year it was kind of a gimme season. No one got relegated. Yeah, and it was because of course of COVID and many people found many teams finding themselves in very hard harsh financial situations, and so this year it would be hopefully it would be better. So. If you think about it, there will be at the end of the season eight eight teams qualified for playoffs, two relegated. That sums up to ten. Out of thirteen, it's gonna be hopefully some uh, uh, some hard hard fought league because last year with no relegations, okay, they they had this formula where everyone could uh, actually go to playoffs. Uh, they made the next round, uh, so everyone except the last one could participate. But this year there are no jokes, so pretty much everyone is uh, is fighting for something. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, I did find that last year overall, even without the relegation, uh, like even like Cisterna, which was clearly the the worst team with only two wins on on the season, they kept things um, interesting in in most of their matches. Like no one was really getting blown out, uh, and 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 that's what you know. That's why. The, the Super League is probably uh, the best the best league in the world. Um, not only for their top end talent, but the quality of of play that we're, you're going to see throughout the the entirety uh, of the season, which is way easy way easier to watch this year as well too, since it will all, will all be featured on volleyball uh, volleyball world. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's let's get into some of the the big transfers and some of the most notable notable movements. Um, uh, let's we can just really fo- focus on like the bigger teams. I don't really think that we need to go through team by team to to look at look at e- each of the transfers, but just the just the most notable ones because it was a crazy off season with a lot of talent 
coming into the Superliga, moving around, some talent leaving. So we're at a much different space than we were, you know, a a few months ago when when we finished things off. But I mean, first one on my list here on the Volleyball IT Mercado page uh, is Perugia. And I mean, you can't talk about Perugia without talking about their pickup of... um, uh, of Gianelli as well as Matt Anderson, two huge pickups, and then on top of that, picking up uh, Nikola Gerbic. That's a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the, the most uh, the, the spark that ignited all this fire was a Trento situation. Actually, I mean, you mentioned Gianelli, but uh, Gianelli's transfer has been uh, has been made possible uh, mostly by Trento situation. Uh, let's give a, a little recap. Last year, Trento did a very, very strong team. They pretty much made a gamble because we didn't know uh, how much uh, allowance we had in the arenas. And uh, Trento doesn't have a sugar daddy like Perugia or a, or a big company behind like Uber. So they rely mostly on sponsorships and um, ticket and ticketing. Mm-hmm. So they made this bet. Uh, we're going to cover these costs during the season, somehow they're gonna open the arenas eventually. They failed because the arenas were mostly closed throughout the year. So, okay, they they reached the semifinals in the Italian league. They reached the Champions League final, which they lost. But at the end of the season, they find out they found themselves with a with a huge deficit, economic deficit. So they had to pretty much dismantle the team. And Gianelli was one of the, the prize sets. They know they, of course, he grew up in Trento. He was born very close to Trento. And he was a fan favorite. Uh, and was kind of a heartbreaking, if you want, uh, story. But uh, Trento knew they could monetize on him, since, of course, he's Italian and he's talented. And uh, in Italy, you have to. Have, you have to uh, have uh, three Italian players on the court at all times. Mm-hmm. So talented Italian players are worth are worth much more than talented foreign players, even because they are rare, of course, and compared to the rest of the world. So quickest one, uh, everyone thought uh, years ago that uh, Lube had the uh, eyes on Gianelli for the after the second reign. But now the secret is not that old. So uh, Perugia had uh, had a problem in, in setting as Travica did uh, Travica. Pretty, pretty, in pretty bad year last year. So everyone thought uh, our our weak point is the setter. Gianelli is available as splash, splash cash on Gianelli. And uh, Perugia's chairman gave about uh, 1 million euros in this operation between uh, wage and buyout Trento. Wow. So yeah, he moved, he moved to Perugia. He he. And as, does that make Gianelli one of the, the highest played pair, players in the Superliga? Uh, actually, no, because if, if rumors are true, uh, I mean, uh, five hundred and fifty thousand euros were for his buyouts, and his wage will be four hundred and fifty thousand euros. And I think that's uh, pretty much half of what Leon earns. Just to give an idea. Fair enough. But yeah, he would he would probably make the top ten with that wage. Wow, that's uh, I mean, I guess with that with that Perugia must have the highest salary 
in, in yeah, the league when no when you when you consider those two players and a guy like Matt Anderson as well. Um, yeah. To to me, I mean, it's it's we can get into uh, all of like how their their formation looks when we looks when we talk about Perugia, but I do want to say it's I I think that Perugia this year is going to be a much different beast. Um, Gianelli being a huge part of that, obviously Anderson as well, but I think the addition of head coach Nikola Gerbich is going to change. I mean, we saw what Gerbich was able to do with Zaxa last season, winning the Champions League. Um, and I mean, that's like that, that was absolutely massive. And I think that he's going to have the right temperament to deal with this type of team. I think we saw exactly what happened with Heinen last year. It, and it just completely blew up. Um, you know, it, it it was bad in a lot of ways. It was bad right from the get-go, almost, with the revolving door of, of right-side opposites. Obviously, the I, I think the roster is a little bit more steady steady than this year um, when you've got Rich, Rich Lickley, uh on the right side. You've got Anderson who can play over there as well as, as Plutnitsky and as well as, as Terhorst. Like, you have those options um, on, on both pins. But, yeah, I, I think that... This is this is kind of like LeBron's second season at Miami, you know. You've lost, you know, you've lost to Dallas in the first in in, in last year's playoffs, and it's time to go. Like it, it's time to to do the damage and win that title that that everyone is expecting from you. Yeah, also because since uh, since Perugia signed Leon, which was the at the, at the time the, the, probably the biggest signing in the um, volleyball world. Absolutely, they managed to win. Uh, I think uh, one Italian Cup and two Italian Super Cups, something like that. Mm -hmm. They never reached the, the Champions League final. They lost a couple of Scudetto finals. I mean, they underperformed, basically. When you have Lyon, you are supposed to be the favorite in pretty 100%. much every competition. Yeah. And they didn't deliver. There was, there was always some problems. They, they, I mean, they, they choked big time the first, uh, the first season. I don't know if you remember. They were up, uh, they were up in two sets uh, in the game five final against Lube. Mm -hmm. That uh, since then, if you remember, they were onto a losing streak of finals. It was almost incredible. But then they were revert. They got reverse streak by by Lube, and uh, since then they were they never got that close to a trophy anymore. So it's yeah, for Peru, it's definitely time to deliver. Or people will start asking raising questions about uh, if uh, there's an Italian saying that says the fish is always thinking from the head. So people will start questioning goes to the management. Yeah, I mean, I think people are going to start questioning Leon as well. And I think there's 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 a huge question mark on on him right now. The fact that, you know, his club team has not performed up to par the past two seasons. And then if you look at his national team experiences, too, with with Poland th this past year, losing in the quarterfinals of of the yeah. Olympics, losing in the quarterfinals of Euro Volley or sorry, semifinals. Or, uh, uh, no, is this, it was this, it was the semifinals. Yeah, they just they destroyed Russia, and then they you know they lose to to Slovenia for the fourth time in a row. So I I don't know how you can't start questioning Leon and in, in, in terms of being like, is he really the best player in the world if he can't get the job done on the on this the biggest of stages? Yeah, to be honest, he wasn't the guilty one in that game. He played good. It was maybe other players didn't really deliver, but uh, I will say this on the other side, Leon. Went when playing for the, Pol the Polish NT, when the Polish national team was world champion, 
They added Lyon to a world championship team and they stopped winning. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of correlation I... doesn't mean causation, but uh, I mean, some people will start asking questions, of course. Yeah, hey, that's absolutely. That's what I'm I'm thinking here, right? Is that like, if if you're the type of superstar player that can't get it done with with other players, and it needs to be all about you, and I, like I I have no means. I'm I'm saying this about Leon because I think that this is actually the case. Everything that I've ever seen from him, and I mean, it's only ever been from afar and and on streams and 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 whatnot, uh, has always seems like he's a great teammate and that he's a great addition to any team. So it's very. It's it's definitely a bit of a conundrum to to see, but I don't know. I think that this season, it's they've they've got a solid squad and they've got players everywhere, and you know they're they're going to be able to do well. But we can, we can kind of discuss that in a little bit. Obviously, the yeah. next team that we have to talk about is uh, Lubitsch Vitanova, um, adding a number of solid players to what was already a really really good roster. Um, bringing in Ivan Zaitsev, which is absolutely massive. Now, I know he's injured right now and won't be playing, but of course, coming in right behind him is the rookie phenom coming straight out of BYU, the Puerto Rican Gabby, uh, uh, Gabby Garcia Fernandez. So that's absolutely massive. Picking up Luke, Lucarelli from Trentino, who started the season last year really, really poorly, and we kind of bashed him a lot uh, on the Discord, but he turned it up and, and had... A great finish to, to their season as well. Um, and of course, uh, joining guys like Juan Tarena and, and Simon and De Checo. You know, how can you not have Lube as one of the favorites to win the Superliga and, of course, eventually the Champions League as well? Yeah, I completely agree. Also, uh, they won uh, three of the last uh, four Scudettos if you count out the, right. the gap in the COVID season, which ended with uh, no, no champion. So they already have a well-established winning mentality. They have a team which is already tight-knit. I mean, they made moves, but the, the core of the team is pretty much the same. And uh, most people would be uh, tempted to see, okay, but Juan Torreno is aging, he's, he's 36. But, I mean, have you seen him playing recently? He doesn't look 36 at all. And it's been a number of years that people, including myself, say, okay, but the one trainer is getting older this year, will suffer from injuries, he's injury prone. I mean, in the last uh, three years, four years, he didn't look like he was aging. I mean, maybe he's not that explosive anymore, but he still delivers like in the good old days. And when in clash times, you know that he will deliver. So he, he doesn't look like an aging guy to me. No, and I, I think another thing to to keep in mind with Lube as well too is that the youthfulness that they have, like we already talked about Gabby Garcia Fernandez, who's gonna be able to step in for Zaitsev, but for Wantarena, you've got, you know, almost a mini Wantarena in uh Yant, right? Yeah. Sit, sitting right there on the bench. And I mean, as a Canadian, I know what uh Yant can do when when he opens things up and they too tend to play kind of in similar ways. So I think that you're going to be able to see kind of that loge management at like Kawhi Leonard uh, because you're going to be able to bring in Lant and Yant and you even got Yuri Kovar, the 420 master uh, uh, out there as well. Um, so, you know what? I think that Lube is, is another team like through and through that's just very strong. And, and of course, with a guy like the Checo who's, who's running the offense, I mean, we really saw what Checo was able to do just willing that Argentinian team to a third at the Olympics uh, uh, this year. Yeah, we saw that. We Italians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, 
it's uh you know what like how can you not kind of pick Lube as a team to to repeat? We cannot simply. Um, I, I mean, we, we'll go maybe deeper in where I rank them uh, uh, against Perugia and the others, but yeah, they are definitely a, a very strong contender. I mean, I, I read recently uh, an article on volleyball.it at the, they collected some uh, bookmakers quotas for this um, for the Superliga and they ranked Lube third and i said wow. maybe you know something like maybe you know something i don't i would never rank luba third no but okay, they, they are the professionals but um if i can i would i would uh, use that information to cash some money on, uh, on luba's Scudetto. yeah seriously because it's tough to it's tough to put them on the third with the the roster that they've got um, yeah, it, it should be interesting. Now, uh, now moving on, we're just going to go down the list. We, we talked about Trentino quite a bit, and obviously it's a much different team than we had had last year. Um, no uh, Nimir Abdelaziz, no Lucarelli, no Gianelli, no Rossini. You know, that right there is re- truly the, the core of the team. Dick Coy as well, who was another big, big guy on the left side, but instead going for that youth movement, right? Micheletto, who... What hasn't this guy done? Goes to as an eighteen-year-old goes into a Champions League final, um, leads like plays at the Olympics for for Italy, leads Italy to a European Championship, leads Italy to a U twenty-one World Championship. Like, what can't he do, right? And it's clear that they've really moved this from being, hey, this is this was Gianelli's team to, hey, maybe this is uh, Mitaletto's team now, right? Yeah. Bringing in Spritoli, who was the, the secondary talent uh, setter. Uh, he was at Milan last year. Lavia was also absolutely gigantic for the Italians in, in their European in volley run. And then you've got the two um, the two wily Serbian veterans in Lishnak and Podraskinin. And, of course, Matej Kaczynski uh, as well, who's – I believe he's a naturalized player now? No, I don't think no? so. No? Okay, he's, he's still technically we'll, Bulgarian. Yeah, we'll still play as a, as a player. Yeah. You mentioned Micheletto uh, five years ago. He was a liberal. Can you think about that? Yeah, that's that's uh, he's he's truly a unicorn, right? What is he like? Six foot eight, six foot nine? I don't know imperial units in. Uh, what in what, what's in, what's in, what is he in centimeters? Two hundred and two. Two hundred and two. Okay, so yeah. he's 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 up there. He's like six foot six foot eight around, and. Yeah, and going to, uh, to Rossini's Instagram. If you scroll down a bit, you'll find out uh, two pictures of him and Micheletto. One when uh, Rossini was playing in, uh, in Modena and Micheletto was a liberal in Trento's youth. They, were, they took a picture together and they are about the same height. And Rossini is about uh, 186 or something like that. And then they, they took another picture last year when they were teammates. And of course, uh, Rossini is like here with respect to Micheletto. So he grew like 20 centimeters in five years. At 16, it's, I mean, you don't normally grow that much that late in, uh, in, your, uh, in your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's kind of a nature freak in a, in a positive sense, of course. And yes, as you told, as you just told, he's, he's incredible. I mean, he can, he, can, he can pass, of course, as a former liberal. And uh, he can attack, he can serve, he can block. Uh, but what impressed me the most is that uh, when I first saw him playing in Trento last year, I said, okay, this guy is going to be good 
but he needs to grow because at the first time he didn't have many options when spiking. You know, when he often tried the cut shot, he almost never went for the line shot. And it was kind of predictable after a while. This summer, everything changed, changed suddenly. I mean, this guy managed to find, uh, to add tools, line shot, uh, narrow cut shots in just a few months. So I was amazed by it. It was incredible. And uh, now, yes, Trento has the luck to have a, a guy like that, who, which is 20. I don't know if he's already 20, but he uh, was born in 2001. So he's really, really young. And yeah, the, I mean, as Oasis used to sing, it's uh, coming in a mess, going out in style. I mean, you lost Janelli, but you have another franchise guy here ready for you. So you can have, uh, you can have him to rebuild, uh, to rebuild around and it's not a bad deal, ultimately. Yeah, not a bad deal at all. It's a really, really young team. Of course, another the guy that we uh, didn't really mention, but we're probably going to see this year is Penali uh, on the, the opposite. Once again, with that situation where you've got an older player in Matej Kaczynski, who is you know, obviously one of one of the legendary players in League of All the History um, was still getting it done last year for Verona. Yeah, he played he played at Verona, right? Um, but you, I definitely see, think that you're going to be able to see them split the time, especially with the, the way that Penali had, like especially the way Penali started last season. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting. Um, next up, um, let's talk about Modena. Uh, okay. Of course. Uh, this is now, Modena is a team that last year just, didn't have the horses, right? They had Grubenikov, they had Michael Christensen, but just everyone around there, they, they they just didn't have the horses. This year, though, that's changed completely. And you really have to look at this year's championship, in my opinion. I mean, you're, you're the expert, so you'll, you'll let me know. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Modena here. So you, so you don't get too biased. Um, but Modena is you. How can you not uh, have them in with Perugia and Lube as a potential title winner? Bringing in, bringing back the Bash Bros, if you will, Bruno and Ingapeth. Which has there ever been a better bromance in all of volleyball? Like it's it's truly awesome to see how these two legends love each other. Uh, also bringing in Leal, and of course. Um, one of the top scores in the league and the one guy who can really compete with Leon numbers wise, Nimnir Abdelaziz. This team, oh, and of course the, the aforementioned Toto Rossini as well. You know, arguably the best, the 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 best Italian libero. So all of a sudden, Modena goes for a team that was competing for fifth last year. You know, all the way to a team that hey, we could win the the, the entire Superliga again this season. Well, you forgot to mention Daddy Stankovic, and Rob would be very angry for that. <laughs> yes, of course. Daddy Stankovic is is st- is is was he there last year? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, he was he was there, but he, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he wasn't brought in or anything. Yeah, but um, no, I would I would argue that uh, um, Rossini may be the best uh, Italian libero after Balazzo. Okay, I mean, fair after, enough. After Balazzo, the competition is leveled. I mean, Rossini's experience. There are um, interesting youngers, youngsters like uh, Scanferla and Federici coming up. But yeah, Rossini is one of the best. I mean, you said it yourself, Modena built a, a very compet- competitive team. They decided, uh, they made the opposite move to Trento. 
the modern trend of um, similar finance series, modernized and expanded by sponsors and ticketing as well. But they decided instead uh, opposite to Trento to basically tank last season. So they, they kept uh, whoever they could keep, uh, namely Christensen and Rabenical. And they built the rest of the team uh, with uh, what they could afford. And uh, at the end, they, they still managed to win the fifth place playoff. So it wasn't a complete disaster, but of course, uh, Modena is used to compete to much higher levels. But this, uh, this still managed to do to, this allowed to, to keep the costs down. So this during the year, they could reorganize. And meanwhile, of course, there were, there were uh, vaccination, the situation got better. We have the arenas opened as well. So they could fund uh, a much better team. And um, what is Modena is likely to have a problem with the, the roster depth, though, because they have a very strong starter, starting six. But the bench is maybe not that uh, that competitive. And if you look at the starters, their average age is uh, 32.5 years. So they have a very experienced, but the experienced roster, but the line between experienced and old is very thin sometimes. Mm -hmm. So of course, they're not, uh, except maybe Stankovic, they're not that old. But during the entire season, age can uh, can be a factor. Of course, Modena doesn't have to play Champions League. They will play the CV Cup. <clears throat> and uh, it's likely that until semifinals or even the finals, they will have uh, uh, weaker opponents. So they could just send the reserves in. So they won't have the problems that, uh, for example, Lube could have. But uh, yeah, the, the overall, uh, it could be a factor. And um, in terms of roster depth, they, of course, are less deep than uh, Perugia and Lube. And uh, what I think is the, the key part, their middles are, be, uh, are below Lube's and Perugia's in terms of quality. Yes, I, absolutely. I, I definitely don't disagree with you there. Um, both in terms of the depth of the team, I, I, I you're, you're right that they don't have, especially like both Perugia and, and Lube have those younger guys to go to on the bench. Not really the same theory. I mean, you can make maybe make the uh um i mean not even like swan angapeth i mean one of those guys that like if he didn't have the last name that he did his brother wasn't who he was you know he he's probably not playing in italy right like let, let's be on it let's be honest but however i do think that one thing that modena has is the fact that i think that maybe modena won't be as strong over the course of the regular season this is kind of what my prediction is in general. I know we're, we said that we're going to get into this, but I'm just going to get into this now. But because I, I, I truly think that like a guy like Engapeth, he, he he really runs the the emotions. And I mean, we saw it last year at Zenit Kazan where he's not always going to be that top guy. He's always going to be as his top. So I think that this team is going to run the majority of the time is going to run as well as Namir Abdelaziz does, as well as he's scoring and as, as well as the team is, is playing around him, like if they're able to play solid volleyball around Namir Abdelaziz, then they'll be fine. Um, but then once they get into those gut check situations, right? Well, I think it was Lebedou who was, who uh, posted on his, uh, his volleyball blog about how um, Engapeth was the most clutch player this summer. Um, in, in, in terms of points after after 20. So I think that 
with this team, like there's so much, like you've you've got Angapeth, and then you've got realistically like maybe like let's call it the Tom Brady factor in in Bruno, right? Arguably one of the best setters of all time, like definitely in the annals of volleyball history. And you're not telling me that like he's not going to be able to turn it on and get things going once, you know they're they're going in into um in, in into the playoffs like. Man, I, I, I think yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Modena does because, as you mentioned, they they don't necessarily have the depth. But when they don't have the depth, like they do have the horses who have been proven to be able to run and run far. So I think that they're going to be a very fun and interesting team team to watch if they can stay healthy, right? If any of those starting six get injured, then you're going to have to start looking at the transfer market and see see like hopefully it happens in the beginning of the season and they can bring someone in at the you know the, at the winter transfer market but at that point at that point you're playing a, a scary game so yeah i definitely think that um staying healthy is the most important thing for more than this year if they can keep with those teams to the end of the season then they're going to be laughing because as as you mentioned they have a lot less matches to play uh are they in the cev cup or are they in the challenge cup they were they were they qualified for Challenge Cup, but then uh, CV did the um, um, promoted them. They gave them a wild card for the CV Cup, and Fair the enough. same they did with the, with the Zen Kazan, because I think they just said, okay, we can't just have uh, those two teams with the roster they built on Challenge Cup. Let's promote them to CV Cup. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, yeah. Like poor poor all of the other teams because yeah. Um, yeah, because it just it just wouldn't be fair for the teams from like Turkey and the Czech Republic and and whatnot to be playing against yeah. Kazan and and Modena, especially Modena in in the um, the way they are. Um, is there any other big uh, is there any other big uh, results or uh, transfers or anything that that we should talk about before we kind of go in and and talking about some some of the teams more specifically? Well, there are some interesting ones. Uh, well, the one that I look uh, really forward to is uh, Piacenza buying out uh, Lagunja from uh, from Monza. I think that was a huge transfer because uh, this guy is incredible. He is, uh, I think, he's, he ties with Quick as the tallest guy in Superliga, and he has a massive body and he has a massive uh, a massive spike. He he's a factor on on front row when blocking. He's a good server and he's twenty one. I think he's one of the hottest prospects right now in the volleyball world. And for Piacenza, this was a huge deal. And uh, Piacenza is coming from a subpar season. They had the high hopes uh, last year, but they didn't really deliver. Then there was also some fuss. They just they they sacked the coach uh, before the season even started. After the first phases of uh, of Coppa Italia that were played exceptionally before the season. And uh, now they built uh, quite an interesting team. Maybe it's not at the level of the top three yet, but they will uh, definitely try to, to challenge them. They just played a friendly game against Modena just yesterday. And uh, of course, it's preseason, so you can't really expect uh, much from it. But the level was, uh, they were really leveled. So expect Piacenza to be a real no- noisance for the, the top three teams. Yeah, definitely Piacenza, now that I'm looking at this roster, definitely interesting. Of course, they have available as Aaron Russell. Aaron Russell is still going to be rehabbing that injury for a while, so probably won't be seeing him. The, 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 the pairing on the left side is very interesting to me because you got two 
two smaller stature left sides with Rossar and, and, and Ricine. Ricine had, I thought he had a very good beginning to the season with Ravenna last year and then very much tailed off. I don't know how he is able to do uh, at, with the size of um the the uh, of the, the Super League level he he is quite small. Thibaut Hassel had, you know, arguably one of the best seasons last year playing for Vibo Valencia, right? So I'm interested to see is that was that a one-off? Was that just one of those situations where everything was right for him in in that situation in in Vibo and can can he do it again? I definitely agree that Adjus Lejumzia is he constantly um impressed me last year but I do think it's very interesting that you have one of the top scorers in the league Stern Tont or Tontek Stern uh from Slovenia sitting on the bench last year or uh, sitting on the bench last year he was with Padova and re- and really like led led the show for them putting up some big numbers but I mean Padova was it was a basement dwelling team and so two strong opposite situations there so uh, yeah I, as as I look at it here with Brizard and Puyol a couple of French setters lead, leading the show Piacenza could be I feel like this this roster is less flashy than last year's roster you know featuring Grosier and and whatnot but might have the potential to do more damage I could definitely see them in a in a in a tight battle with them and Trentino to see who's gonna who's gonna pick up that fourth spot yeah definitely I completely agree they both have uh both teams have uh, lots of uh, question marks, and I think whoever is, will be able to, to turn them uh, into uh, explanation marks uh, will be the, the the winner in this uh, in this fight. Because yeah, of course uh, they have Piacenza um, have Russell's injury, but uh, with um, their plan, uh, Alberto Polo was supposed to be the starting middle, but then he received a two years ban for doping. So this kind of this kind of forced Piacenza to, to change their strategy. <clears throat> they signed Holt, which is uh, of course in maybe in a downward phase, but it's still uh, I mean still Maxwell Holt. Still Maxwell Holt. But absolutely. if you want to play Holt, you have to bench either Russell or um, or Rossard for Rechne, which is a tough call, of course. Mm-hmm. But when you have uh, when you have a player like uh, like Lagunja. And a uh, solid, uh, solid um, left side hitter like Hossard. Maybe you can um, you can afford to have a guy who's maybe not that impressive on uh, on front row like Rechner, but he's um, he's pretty good in uh, in passing. So maybe you can um, you can allow that. And also the, the libero is also very good. So I think that uh, they can kind of kind of afford this uh, this gamble. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is also, of course, the the downside. Uh, as we say in Italy, the, there may be too many chicken in the in one hand. Yeah. Too many rooster in one hand. So when when Russell is healthy, will he will he be um, will he be okay to be benched for uh, for Rechne or he will if they bench Holt, Kaneski is not exactly first year material. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Bernardi will have to face some tough choices, and uh, I have to say I'm not a big fan of Bernardi as a coach. I think uh, in Perugia he, um, he okay, he is the one who brought the scudetto to Perugia, actually the only one. Mm-hmm. But that year everything went well for Perugia. Yeah. And um, I mean, in the when he had to manage uh, more talent, like when Leon came, 
he made some mistakes uh, and uh, when i when i listen to his timeouts he never um, seldom gives some uh, some technical points some strategy points he's just saying yeah let's have the eye of the tiger or something like that and i mean i that old, that old school coaching where it's more about, yeah. you know, that, that fight mentality as opposed to giving actual information. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Um, but yeah, you, I think you're absolutely right. Looking at this roster now and seeing how many foreigners, how many different flags in Italian that, that we have up on Volleybox here, it's really going to be tough, you know, because you're, you're always going to have a foreigner as your setter and on, as your opposite. So right there, the whole right side of the court is taken away by foreigners. Right, so you're gonna have to have to have your your libero, one of the left sides and one of the middles at all times be be Italian. So you, you're right, it's, and that's weird for a team like Piacenza. Who are they in? Are they, they're not even in any CEV tournaments, right? Like there's at no point they're gonna be able to run the majority of their roster. So interesting, interesting roster um, build up here by by Piacenza. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it, it, um what you said about Italian strategy is true for most teams. Of course, if you have, a, you have the luxury to have Giannelli or Zaitsev, uh, you can have uh, other other types of situations. But yeah, I think there, uh, there are two teams, if I remember correctly, only two teams will have a starting uh, Italian opposite. While setters, uh, more, more so, I think at least four of them will have an Italian setter. And uh, but yeah, that's the the position they will when where they concentrate the the times most also because we have a pretty good uh, liberal school, so we have a lot of uh, good uh, good Italian liberals, and I think there will be just one foreign starting liberal this season. And um, so yeah, so that's that's the strategy that most teams follow. Yeah, yeah, and I. I, I... I agree. Luckily, you guys. Luckily, Italy is a nice, skilled country where you've got, you know, guys who can play uh, a lot of positions. Um, all right. Any other notable transfers, or do you want to get into breaking down some of the teams here? Well, there, there is at least one we should talk about, which is Eugene Shida going uh, going to Italy. Oh my goodness! How could I forget Eugene Shida? Oh my! Actually, here. Uh, I don't know if you won't be able to, to see it, Tommy, but maybe you can pull it up on your phone. But Volleyball World posted a hilarious photo the other day. And it's a picture of Leon and Nishida together. And um, like the um, the caption was something like, imagine if these, yeah, if, imagine if these, if they were on the same team. And one of the top comments is Matt Anderson. <laughs> Look at that with the like the waving emoji and a crying emoji. Like, let's just throw Matt Anderson to the like to the walls, right? Screw Matt Anderson. Yuji Nishida way better than him. Like, hilarious. I I thought that was absolute gold. How we just completely forget that Perugia picked up someone way better than than Nishida, way more proven than Nishida. And they're just like, yeah, screw him. Let's 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 promote this guy who's playing for like a questionable team in Italy. Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, we make uh, on Discord we make uh, lots of fun about it because, of course, there's this uh, policy about uh, some websites uh, which we will not uh, mention. Then you have this kind of um, mentality on which if you have lots of followers and if your videos get lots of uh, hits. Uh, 
then you're automatically good. It's not, it's not always like that. But in case of Nishida, I mean, it will be interesting. I mean, this guy, uh, if factor out all the media attention he, he got, uh, I mean, this guy is one of a kind. I mean, he's, uh, he's a Stola Rossini, but uh, he seems to have springs on his legs. Uh, and uh, it's the first time he joins a, a very, very competitive uh, uh, championship like Italian Superlega. So, I mean, the hype is really high. And uh, I think it's going to be either boom or bust. Either he fails miserably and uh, goes back to Japan uh, with like his... Uh, is at the home, or he becomes a, a sensation. And he may may be targeted for a bigger team uh, next season. I think it's going to be interesting, really interesting to see how Nishida, how Nishida will uh, will play in Superliga. It's going to be a really interesting uh, feature. Well, according to some comments on this on this page, um, Nishida's proven that he's a beast even in the Italian league. In the Italian league, so I don't know where these people are getting their stats from because he literally hasn't played in a match at all. Uh, but apparently, he's already a beast. So gonna be interesting. But yeah, I, I thought that that was interesting. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think last year Valencia was was really the team that surprised everyone. They came out so strong. And I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, where did you have them in, in, in your preseason ranking going into the year? Where did you think Valencia was going to end up? Uh, I think I put them in sixth place. Let me check. Yeah, sixth place. Okay. L going into last year? No, no, last year. No, no, last year I put them at uh, 12th. Yeah, they were the, the second. yeah absolutely. I, I, absolutely. And, I consider and... them the second worst and uh, shame on me, but uh, yes. Yeah. But, and, and I mean, looking at this roster, like, yes, you have Nishida, but I don't, like, with Douglas Souza, like, the, the, their outside hitters are huge, like, like Mauricio Borges, Luca Basic, and, and Douglas Souza, to me, it's just, it doesn't have the same magic that Thibaut Rassard and uh, DeFalco had last year, you know? And, and I don't know if those guys on the left side... And I mean, even even down the middle, um, yeah. Like I, I just don't know if if they're gonna have enough to be able to compete at the same level as they did last year. It's true, but yeah, last year they they managed to, to reach fourth place. So of course, I expect them to do worse this year, also because the other teams got uh, got way better. Mm -hmm. so, least five teams better than Vivo, of course. But I think from sixth place onwards, the competition is very thin. I mean, who I ranked ninth could be a very could reach sixth place very easily. I mean, the, the, the differences between sixth ranked team and ninth ranked team are, is very thin. They're all, to me, they look pretty much like they're on the same level. I'm not very huge on either Monza or Milano, but I think that uh, Vibo has, um, well, first of all, I have, I'm a huge fan of their coach. Baldovin did wonders in Padova in the previous seasons. And last year in, in Vibo proved that uh, he's the real deal. So I have a lot of faith in their coach. And also, I mean, the, the Brazilian trio, it's uh, on, a, on a different level than Shida, but yeah, it's, either boom or bust for them as well. But I mean, the, the three of them know each other well, they could uh, build a tight-knit team. 
I don't see it uh, very improbably improbable to for them to to reach sixth place. But again, the competition is very tight for that sixth place, so I, anything can happen. For me, it's really going to have to be how like how well it's it's a lot of foreigners and. Then you've got David Saida, who's who's going to be setting. And to me, it's going to be that connection. Last year, the connection was possibly the best in the league with his hitters and the way that he run ran that offense last year. You know, up there with with DiCecco, up there with Gianelli. But I, it, I'm gonna have to see how how it goes. But I, I I'm not as as hopeful as you are. Let's say about uh, Vivo's season this year. And of course, there's Nishida. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be in, in, interesting for sure. I'm very I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled on his game. Are they playing this weekend? Yeah. Uh, who, let me check who's having a bye this weekend. Oh, here I can check on volleyball. Box, actually, oh yeah, they're playing. Okay, they're they're starting they're starting off the season with Taranto. Yeah. Yeah, Milano is having the the bye in the first week. Okay. Well, um, since we brought up Taranto here. Um, yeah. Do you want to do you want to go over them? They are the the team that came up from the uh, A A two last year, nice. and I mean, looking at this, looking at this uh, roster, it's, I mean, there's there's a lot of the uh, there's a lot of Italians that I don't know, but there's a few that I do know. Of course, Giulio Sabi, he was on, um, he was on Cisterna last year. Yeah. yeah. You know, at the tail end of his career, but you know, was it at a time in the national team roster? Um, you got uh, Randazzo, who was also on Cisterna last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, two two all all right players uh, there. Um, Polanski coming in from from the Argentine national team. He was part of a Tolkoing la- last year in in France. So. I mean, I feel like they've got some Yao Rafael, the 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 Brazilian. So I feel like they've got some some players, but I don't know. I don't really see. I, mean, I don't have a lot of faith in this roster to get a lot of wins this season. Neither, neither. I expected uh, more actually from them because uh, last year they were stacked in the A two. They, they brought in a lot of players who are Super League regulars, so they had a really stacked team for the level that uh, Serie A Dua has. Mm-hmm. So they got they got promoted fairly easily, but uh, since the the roster they had in uh, in A two, I expected something more for the Super Lega season. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Sabi Arandazzo. Uh, honestly, I I'm I had enough of, I had enough of them. I mean, Sabi is really injury prone. He he had a lot. He missed lots of games uh, through injury in the past years. Uh, He's definitely past his prime. He's, he's 34. And uh, Randazzo is younger, is less injury prone, but it's been years that we are waiting for him to, to blossom and uh, yeah. he never did. In fact, I really hope that um, their coach will eventually realize that Sabi is not that, uh, that much of starter material and will start instead with Tommaso Stefani. Which is the under twenty one national team uh, starting opposite, who was starting the team that won both the under nineteen world championship two years ago and the under twenty one championship this year, who was consistently one of the best scorers, at least until Michelletto arrived and joined the team. Wow. And uh, this, this guy is huge; is like the third tallest player in uh, in Italy. 
and uh, he's 20, 21, I think. Yeah, 2001, he, and 210, 210 centimeters. So he's a big boy, like six yeah. foot 10. Yeah. So uh, I hope he will start, actually, because uh, he has the potential to do better than Sabi. And uh, we need to give those uh, those young uh, those young guys a chance. I mean, just won the under twenty one uh, world championship, and uh, three three of them, uh, maybe four, but uh, three for sure will start next year. And I hope uh, Stephanie will be the fourth. Yeah, I, I I mean I think that's a perfect situation um, for Stephanie to be in, though. Right, being able to work underneath a guy like uh, Julio Sabi, who's been there, he's done it, and he can kind of learn those those tricks of this trade. But I mean, hey, if Sabi's not getting the job done, which we definitely saw last year at um, at uh, at Cisterna, and I mean, it's exactly why we'll talk about Cisterna in a second. But that's exactly why Arthur Schwartz is going to be playing on the opposite, right? Because just Sabi just wasn't good enough, right? So I it, maybe that side of it is going to be interesting to watch from Toronto, but. And also the fact that you know it's very very close to Toronto where I live, that's I mean maybe maybe that's one of the the interesting things. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. We'll 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 see how they can do this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Schwartz also was uh, played a lot of opposite because Sabi was constantly injured. Yes. So. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting for for um um uh, uh, for 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 this team. Sorry, I'm stumbling all, all over my words here but uh yeah i mean i tend to also think that watching last year sabi it's he's definitely towards the end of his his career i mean i'm sure he's going to kind of fizzle out for the next few years in these lower level teams just hopping around the teams that are constantly in uh threat of being relegated and maybe play some some a2 uh as well uh, or move back to china where he already played to cash in for the last year 100 percent, absolutely all right, moving on um, to the next team, the last place team from last year, um, Cisterna Top Volley. Now, this is a team that I think is in a much better position than last year, yes. and that I, I think that they've figured out some of their uh, inabilities to score, um, and that I think it's going to be a really solid team this year. I think they're going to win a lot more than just two games. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, uh, and, uh, it's been uh, at least three years uh, since uh, um, every year I put I put faith in Cisterna, formerly Latina, and every year I get disappointed because of something uh, there's always something that goes wrong in, in Cisterna for some reason. Mm -hmm. But this this year I really really find it difficult to not put my faith in Latina for a number of reasons. First of all, the coach, I really like the, the new coach, Fabio okay. Soli. He did wonders uh, with both Ravenna and, and Monza. And then last year, he was sacked maybe uh, prematurely in Monza. They were off to a sloppy start and they decided to sack him. But I think he's a really good coach and I think he will do well in Latina. Uh, second of all, they, they built a, a rational team, if we can say that. I mean, uh, Schwark did, uh, did really good last year when he was moved to, to opposite. Mm -hmm. And uh, it will be also Stephen Ma in the team. And he, he will have probably, uh, he will be anxious to, to play again after he got benched a lot of times last year in Milano. So he will be eager to play and to prove his, uh, his Super Lega material. 
And of course, we just uh, we just talk about Italian youngsters. We have Tommaso Rinaldi, Rinaldi playing in his uh, his first start year. Uh, let's just remember he was the MVP and best spiker at the uh, under 19 World Championship two years ago. This year he was named the best spiker as well. So he's a really promising guy. He had uh, he had some playing time last year in Modena, and two years before. Uh, per his words, uh, he had uh, almost one season before he got interrupted by COVID to learn from a certain Matt Anderson, which he regards him as, uh, as one of his favorite players. So after two years absorbing uh, information in, uh, from the more experienced players, this year he will start. And I think he will do well. I mean, he maybe lacks some um, physicality to be already at the top. But this guy is really skilled, especially on offense. Uh, this guy has a lot of options on offense. He's a really smart player. He's a, a really good technique. Uh, he may be one, uh, one of the best surprises uh, this year. Okay. And he will have also Baranovic starting at the center. And this guy is experienced. This guy is eager to, to prove he's, he's better than he played in Piacenza last year. And I mean, lots of things can go can can go good in, uh, in Latina, but of course it's Latina, so lots of things can go wrong as well. But uh, I'm I trust I trust Latina, and of course we have Cavaccini, which is a great liberal. Yeah, I I I think that Latina is going to do a much better job this this year. Latina Cisterna, same thing for those. For those yeah. listening at home, uh, first of all, I think that Steven Mars is going to have an absolute banger of a season. Now, I'm going to talk about my Canadians right now because I have the opportunity to. Um, I thought like last year he was putting up career numbers for Milan in, in the first half of the season and was really carrying that team. And you saw everyone was praising um, Ishikawa when Ishikawa would put up big points against teams like like Padova but then would completely far fall apart against the the teams in you know at, the, at their area of the table or higher and Mar was he was playing on the left side he was playing on the right side and then for some reason just got the shorthand of the stick was putting as i said was having a fantastic year was hitting you know like over um over a 40% kill percentage was actually like outswinging Ishikawa in a, in a lot of categories and yet was put to the bench um on a, like in so many different in areas, and I think that Mar is the type of player that you just need to run. And I really hope that this new coach here just just lets him do that. I like the pairing of Baranovic and Mar and Rinaldi as well. I think that you know I, I think that the, this this Latina team just has a lot of things to prove, and they're they're done being kind of walked over. And that last year maybe the roster was a little bit was a little little bit let's say. Um, shinier with a guy like Kevin Tillia there. You know, you, we all saw Kevin Tilly come in and it was going to be like, oh man, this is this going to be a good thing. Saganov, you know, running the offense and you just never just got going. I think that moving Arthur Schwartz to the right side is going to be a huge opportunity to him and I think that's going to be one that he jumps on very aggressively. I think that we're going to see an interesting year from Schwartz. I think that, you know, he's... We're going to see some errors. You know, we're going to see some some kind of like what just happened plays on both sides of the ball. So I'm like, how did he hit that ball? How did he get that kill? How did he get that block? But then there's going to be a learning curve, too. Right. And I, and I think that's going to be interesting. That That's why I think that this this Cisterna team, as you said, 
the top teams are, are pretty set, but then under that, it's kind of very fluid in terms of the Milan, the Ravenas, the Padovas, the, the Veronas. So it's going to be interesting to see where they, they come out, but I, I would ship them in the top 10. I, I put them outside of relegation for, for, for this year. So it, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that the I'm really excited to watch the two most intense members of the Canadian national volleyball team both from Ontario, just on the court, just hyping each other up. Like I, I, I think, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned Ravenna, but uh, I would put Ravenna out of that list. I think they're they're dead last in yeah. terms of rankings. Ravenna has a really poor roster. I mean, they. I they don't. Were, I don't recognize a name on this roster. Yeah, I'm having a hard time as well. I mean, I recognize a couple of names because they were in, they played in Italy somewhere along their career. But uh, I mean, the only beacon of hope I put in Ravenna is that the the general manager found some diamonds in the rough in the past. I okay. mean, players like Ladia, Riklitschki, uh, Vernon Evans, Lepke. I mean, those names were mostly uh, unknown to the Italian public. He brought them to Ravenna. They played really well. I don't think it will be the case this year because, I mean, some of the names are not even that young. So I'm really pessimistic about the, the, their chances, but who knows? With their GM, I think it's possible. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I... You know what? It's probably for me. It's probably going to be between Ravenna and and Taranto, who are going to be the two teams at, at, at the bottom and who are going to be trying to fight off relegation. So yeah, yeah. it 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 should it should be interesting. Um, moving. Yeah, we don't really need to talk about Ravenna a- anymore. We, yeah. we, we've already we already determined that they're going to suck. Moving on to a team that was second last last year, um, but is a team as I mentioned earlier. I think that Padova is going to have a very good season and I'm very very excited to see this group of players play together. It's a it's a completely different team almost um than last year. Of course like Nokovika Soji, um as we mentioned Tontet Stern um is going uh, as well. But the players that they brought in, most notably I think Zimmerman and Weber the Zimmerman with Weber, you got the two Germans there, the setter and the outside. Like I think it's two young Germans who um, are eager to make their mark, right? We saw Zimmerman. He's kind of been sitting sitting in the shadows at Perugia these, these past few years. Weber had a fantastic year at Friedrichshafen. I think those two young guys, it's, it's really going to work down to them. But going on to the left side, when we look at Matthias Patolo and Eric Lepke, that's where things get very exciting for me because – Last year, the only reason I liked watching Padova games, and I didn't until like probably towards the end of the season, was because of Matias Patolo. It like he really impressed me, and he's a number another one of those guys along with um, Lavia and Micheletto, and I guess Rinaldi, who's kind of the the next generation of of Italian left side. So I really think that this Padova can team can maybe maybe upset some teams sometime you know remind me of the padova team from a from a number of years back where you had uh james shaw setting and and steven marr on the left side for his first year i think that was 2016 2017 you know a team that can kind of push some of the bigger teams like like that yeah definitely they have um, a very young roster a very interesting roster 
and uh, they have, uh, if I counted correctly, they have four four players who are in the under twenty one teams who just won the world championship, and uh, no, actually three because Butler was in the senior team, mm-hmm. but uh, but Skiro was there, and the, the mid the starting middle Crosato was there. I think maybe the Libero Gottardo was there, maybe it was Catania's backup. But yeah, they are, it's a very young team, very promising team. As you mentioned, uh, Mattia Bottolo did an impressive season last year. Nobody knew him at the time. He came straight from uh, Padova's youth. But he made some impressive numbers. And of course, Padova could play without the pressure of avoiding relegation because there were no relegations. But he made, I mean, he wasn't maybe consistent. He had some down games. He got subbed a couple of times, but I mean, he's 20, 21. He's really young, so it's normal to have uh, ups and downs. And uh, as you said, uh, for uh, for Schwark playing uh, opposite, there's going to be a re- unlearning curve for a player that young. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really really looking forward to see how he develops because this time he's not um, he's not new. Everybody knows his name right now. So people will actually guard him on uh, on blocking, and uh, let's see how how he adapts to to this newfound pressure and this newfound attention to opposites. But he has the talent, and he has to find some uh, consistency and experience to develop into a to a world class player because he has the means. And uh, the rest of the team it looks young and promising as well. You mentioned Lutki, Lutki, Lutki had a good maiden season in Italy. And despite playing in a team that was a, no, a, let's say a, an open uh, an open project like Ravenna, mm-hmm. because they weren't in, in as bad as this year, but then there were lots of uh, lots of young players uh, put them there, not not always with some kind of uh, not with a sense of direction. And uh, he did fairly good. And uh, this year he will prove that uh, he will have the chance to prove he is actually super legal material and he can uh, he can stay here and play at this level. And yes, Padova is going to be definitely a lot of um, one of the most interesting uh, teams to watch. And yes, I definitely see them uh, slaying some giants in the path. Maybe even. Uh, Maybe even trying to force them, force the Lube or Modena or Perugia to tie break sometimes, maybe not beating them, but forcing them to fifth set. Mm-hmm. And oh. yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be in playoff contention, definitely. 100%. I just think that they're a young team with a lot to prove. And they're not young last year like Ravenna was young, where they were just like, everyone was just getting their feet wet and were being like, what's going on? But you've got a young team with some players who have now, who have, who have like, you know, with, with, uh, the the main four that I'm looking at is Zimmerman, Weber, Weber, Lepke, and, and Batolo. Because I think that Lepke and Batolo are very much in the same spot in their careers where they've maybe – maybe Batolo is even like a step forward because he was more of, of Padova last year than and Padova, Padova was a better team. But I do think that both of them are ready to kind of start figuring out where they fit within within Superlega yeah, in, in general. And, uh, you know, whether or not, like, like, because all of these players are pushing to get signed by a bigger and better team next year, right? 
That's that that's the reality of it, you know. And I mean, even when Lepke signed here with Padova, kind of people in the Discord were being like, "Oh, we wish we had si- he had signed with with someone else, right? With with, with someone better." And this is th- going to be their chance. So, I can see this being, you know, and that's that's the way Padova is always is. They either have a good strong team full of youngsters that they can find, you know, the diamonds in the rough, like like you said, and they're gonna have a, a surprising season, and then all of those players are gonna come get poached, and then they're gonna have to kind of do it all again. And so, yeah, yeah so I, I I just think that uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting. For, for, for Padova. I think that they're going to come with a lot of youthful exuberance and, as you said, kind of surprise some people. I think I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving moving on. We've talked about Padova. We've talked about Ravena. Ravena. Next one is Verona. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, Stoichev still coaching. Um, they lost Jaschke, lost Kaczynski, lost uh, Zingle. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this Verona team. This might be, you know, this might be a team that maybe doesn't, you know, isn't being relegated, but I don't know how much success that they're going to be having this year. I 100% agree. I mean, spoiler alert, in my power rankings, I put them just over Taranto and, <clears throat> and Ravenna. Their team doesn't really excite me. I mean, the Spirito has Mm, Spirit is a player like uh, uh, like Randazzo or Sardi. We've been waiting for him to blossom for quite some time. He never really made that step to yeah, more Randazzo than Sardi. Sardi has some age. Spirito is young, but he's not that young anymore. We'll be waiting for him to do that next step. He never did. I'm not huge on, uh, on Jensen. Uh, but there's a, there is one thing that could be worth watching uh, Verona for, which is Rock Mozic. You're right. The, one of the best warm-up balls, according to Dan, uh, in, in the world. So Rock Mozic, uh, another one. But yeah, I agree. I'm not too high on, on Jensen as well, I, either. I kind of feel bad for him in, in a way because... Um, you know, I feel like he's one of those younger guys that, like, some coaches like, oh, we're going to make you to a setter and never really gave him the opportunity to... Uh, you know, work as be, being a hitter because he's kind of in this in-between spot where he's not a good enough setter to be a setter. And we saw that when he was at UCLA and he started his time at Verona last year, really, really strong. And then teams started to figure him out. And I think it's going to be tough for him this year to, to, to score some points. And other than Rock Mozik, I'm not entirely sure where the points are going to come from this Verona team. Yeah. I mean, yes, and when, when he arrived in Verona uh, last year, he came in mid-season. He, he had some uh, 20-point games or something uh, at the beginning, but then he started, he started having lesser numbers. So, yes, they, they will have a hard time finding points, unless, of course, uh, uh, Mozic and uh, Mozic and Asparov uh, have, a, um, have an exponential growth or something. But uh, their, their middle sources seem kind of weak, so I'm not very huge on Verona. No, no, I, I don't think for, I think Verona is going to be a, a, a basement team as well. Real quick, yeah. though, random random thing, uh, just on yeah. the Volleybox page right now, uh, the historical names of Verona. Um, yeah. You go down to the 2002-2003 season, and they were named the 
Canadians Verona. What is this about? I'm I'm doing a quick search here because we're gonna we're gonna go off the track real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. They they changed name uh, twice in the last two years. The they had they had the name Blue Volley Verona for quite some time. Then they changed to Nuova Blue Volley Verona, mm-hmm. and then this year Verona Volley. This is all fiscal reasons, basically. Oh. They, I think by changing their names, they can sometimes avoid to to pay some uh, uh, long due taxes. Uh, it's again that some people do sometimes, and uh, that's the main reason. Yeah, and this so, is one of them. So it looks like, from what I understand, Canadians is a uh, outerwear company um, with that that's, that's using the maple leaf even in in their branding I'm, i've got the website up here i know you can't can't really see it so they must have sponsored verona's volleyball team back in 2002 2003 sorry i just thought ha- that was hilarious that you know i was almost a picturing like i hope i really wish they had pictures of the jerseys because i really hope that they had like montreal canadian style jerseys that would be amazing that would that would make my my life so yeah. no nothing nothing of the sort unfortunately What's that? We could check afterwards. I mean, that, back then I was uh, 16 or something, so I don't really remember Verona. I don't even know if they were actually in, uh, in Serie A or the name of Superlega as well. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because I don't... They, they, they reached the uh, Superlega quite um, quite recently. I mean, it's not, uh, they haven't been a long time in Superlega uh, participants. So I don't, but yeah. I, no, yeah, I mean, they, they were, uh, they were, uh, uh... Oh no! Yeah, they were in. They were uh, a Super Lega team that year. So, um, trying to see if there's any names on here that. Uh, no, but that's that's very funny. Sorry, we got got a little caught up, yeah. you know, uh, sidetracked there, going down. Um, funny names, Canadians Verona. That's awesome. So, okay, um, moving forward here, Verona. Moving on next to Milan, who. Has somehow has the reigning coach of the year and Roberto Piazza, and I don't know how that happened. Don't ask me. I watched a lot of Milano last year, and I think that that team was poorly managed right from the start, and that's why they had the disappointing season that that they did. I mean, they did win the Challenge Cup, which was a huge, huge thing for them, but then uh, failed to win, get back into that spot after losing to Modena in um, that fifth place playoff. But picking up. A few, you know, big players, Thomas Jayski, adding in Thomas Jayski along with Jean Patry and uh, Ishikawa, also Chenin Dieze uh, in the middle along alongside Matteo Piano. Very, very interesting. My biggest question mark for Milan, though, is that are you, are you actually going to have Poro setting? Like, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to have a Poro. I, I know that, you know, the young Italian setter is all the rage right now. But do we th- actually think that Poro is ready to lead a Super Lega team? Well, you, before the this Bertoli deal, when um, Trento um, bought out this Bertoli from Milano after uh, the, the, the Giannelli sack from Perugia, Poro was supposed to be Padova start uh, starting set. Then they uh, and he was actually on loan from Modena. Then Milano came in and said, "Okay, we're gonna buy out his contract." And they gave him a two years deal, so they are investing pretty heavily on him. And I honestly think Poro is a, a good setter. He has good hands, he's a very, very strong server, but he's short. 
I mean, that's his main flaw. He's um, he's like libero short. You he's know, he's one I? of the smallest set. Like the only the only other setter that I can think who's as short as him is Matias Sanchez, the Argentinian guy who's like five five, maybe not maybe not five five, like maybe five six, but like yeah, P Poro is short. Yeah, I think he's uh, about the same age as uh, as Santiago Orduna. And uh, we all know how it went for Orduna when he went to Modena. I mean, uh, he played good in terms of a setting quality, but whenever he was in front row, everyone was targeting him because at this level, even if you're a setter, you're supposed to be at least uh, 190 centimeters. I mean, you're supposed to give a hand on blocking. And Bruno is not huge, he's a little more than 190, but he can block. No team will say, okay, Bruno is on front row, let's target Bruno. Most people will do the same with Orduna and Porro. At this level, if you are short and you're a setter, you're going to be targeted. And uh, unfortunately, like uh, uh, Red Auerbach said, I can teach a player everything, but I can't teach him eight. So this is going to be something that will be likely bear from for the rest of his career. And it's a shame because the guy is actually good. He's, uh, he has good hands. He's a good server. But uh, yeah, it can be a major flaw in his game and in Milano's uh, strategy. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I mean, I do forget that he did play for Modena last year behind Michael Christensen. So he got the chance to learn. Um, Sanchez is 5'7". Thank you, Sebi, the plug. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like... You know, all Gianelli is going to do when, when they play Milan is just set high balls out to the outside. You've got Anderson and Leon, and it's just going to be OT all day. Like, it's, you know, unless M Milano starts employing a blocking strategy similar to Zaxa, what Zaxa employed altogether when you had just um, Tonietu just pull out completely. So it, it, it's going to be interesting. I think that Milan is, Milano might take a hit this year. I, I really do. I think that they've got all of the players around it, but it's it, it it's 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 going to be interesting. Petri has to stay healthy. That was one of the big issues that they had last year, and I don't know. I I, I they have lots of uh, injury prone players. Yeah, and I just don't. Yano's Jeshke is injury prone. I mean, it's going to be a lot of question marks. Yeah, like like can Jeshke carry this team when Ishikawa isn't playing well? You know, and that's that's to me is Ishikawa is a very spotty player. Um, you know, I know he gets the the Japanese treatment where his you know, and I, I truly think that this that like the I think this this all comes down to me is like the the uh, purchasing power of the Japanese volleyball fans because there's so many more and they do such a good job at promoting the the sport over there and you know it's it's such a it's such a part of popular culture. Um, that these players, you know, like um, like Ishikawa and Yuji Nishidi are just, they're kind of uh, appeared to me maybe like a head taller than they are. Um, so it's, it, you know, I I think for those of you who know, who have followed me, it's, it's not that I dislike um, Ishikawa or Nishida. I just I think that they get a lot of hype for maybe maybe not that much of a, not that much of a reasoning. I know. I like Ishikawa. I think he has, uh, he has good skills. Uh, yeah, maybe consistency is not his uh, biggest uh, biggest quality. But I mean, uh, even when he was playing that that famous Siena team, the one where, where there was a Maruf and everybody was hyped uh, about Siena and they ultimately got relegated, he was consistently one of the best players in that 
team. Okay. So I think I think he is good. Maybe yeah, maybe he's a little pumped up by by, by Japanese media, but uh, I think he deserves a spot in Superliga. I, I don't I don't disagree that he deserves a spot in the, in the Superliga, but I feel as though some put him amongst you know the, some of the top outsides in the league, and to me that just that just isn't realistic. Um, but yeah, I mean Milan this year. I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to make to to crack that top eight. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, now, is there any other teams that like we've gone over Modena, we've gone over Piacenza? Uh, oh yeah, Monza. You you are right. We have yet to touch Monza, and I mean, hey, I think I I, I think that Monza is going to be another team that is very inter- interesting. Yeah, you bring in uh, Gregor Gorzder, who's another player who's kind of at the end of his his career. You've got Santiago Orduna. Um, you lost Maxwell Holt. Just you know, Galassi or Grozdanov. Like, are any of those guys going to be able to get it done in the middle for Monza? Yeah, I think Monza got a pretty huge downgrade from last year. Last year, they, let's not forget, they reached fourth, uh, fourth place, best result ever in the history of Monza. Mm-hmm. They reached the Scudetto semifinal. Yeah. Again, best best result ever. But uh, this year, I don't, I'm not really high on Monza. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, as you said, they lost Lagunja to Piacenza, which is a huge loss. And uh, instead, they got they got Grozer, which is uh, who is uh, 36 years old. Last year, he missed lots of games uh, due to injury. I mean, he's not the, the Grozer that uh, played in Russia and smashed all the things in his way. I mean, he's clearly in a downward path, and I don't really see him carrying the team. But the question is, if he's not carrying, who's carrying? I mean, Javoronok has been doing uh, good. In his Super Lega years, but not great. He's a guy who lacks consistency. He can uh, play a game and score 25 points with like 60% kills. And the next game, he'll score like nine with uh, 30% or something. And he's a very un- inconsistent player. And he's a shame because he he's actually has talent. But in the other starting uh, left side should be that is Kiba. With, yeah, he did the. Uh, he did the Fairly good last year. He earned the, the the starting spot, but I mean, is he really that? Can he really carry the team when Javoronok or Groza are not on? Unlikely. Their middles are interesting. Their middles are interesting because Galassi did really good in, with the in national team in both the Olympics and the European. Uh, I wasn't a, a big fan of him playing for national team, but he really surprised me. He really made me, really, really made me saying, "Okay, uh, okay, Gianluca, I'm sorry, I underestimated you. You did really good." And also, Grozdanov has been one of the best blockers in the in the league for quite some time. So, their middle quality is pretty good, but the hitter quality, I mean, I'm not convinced. I, I also think is is Orduna is he a naturalized Italian? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say like this like they they might be another team too that gets into the if Orduna was at, you know still Argentinian that this might be a team that struggles keeping Italians on the court right because if Orduna was a was a foreigner and and Grozier and does 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 Ronak can't can't pronounce his name um 
you know, Davitska like grows down off. Like there's not that many Italians on this roster that I feel like can can actually step yeah. in, especially since you know uh, it's Mitrostinovic, the the Croatian right side, who's going to be able to uh, to step in for Grozier. So. Uh, yeah, not too not too high on this this Monza squad. I think kind of their their ship has sailed. Let's say. Yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Not not too. Not. I. I think last year, you know, fourth is probably as as high as as they're gonna get. Are they? I'm guessing they're gonna be in uh, CEV Cup then. Yep. Okay. So. Might be uh might be a team to beat up on in in the CEV Cup. Uh, for for one of the bigger teams, I, I think Modena and, and Zenit Kazan being in the CEV Cup with them doesn't doesn't make things very 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 good for Monza. Also, I guess Monza uh, since the, the the Monza you have on the on the main league is the the same team you have on the, the same club you have in the women's team, and it's interesting because the, the women's team spent a lot of money. They beat a very very competitive squad, mm-hmm. while the the main side. Uh, Actually, didn't. I mean, it was uh, as we said, uh, kind of a big downgrade from last year. So I think they they decided to spend uh, all their cash on the women's team because they saw an opportunity to to make a good season. Also, the the, the women's team will play the Champions League next year, so maybe they were more more motivated to to put to put the cash on the women's team. That's that's very possible. I mean, their women's team is is competing. Uh, whereas uh, whereas the men's isn't so much. Hi Rob St Clair, how are you? Um, yeah, no, I, I I I definitely agree. I don't think Monza is in. I I think that this year, last year, you could kind of qu- see equality all throughout the entirety of the league. I don't know if it's there this year. I I I really don't. I think that it's going to be much more top petty. I think that there's going to be a clear and distinct like you're going to have the the front of the pack with the the top three teams. Maybe yeah. you can throw Trentino and Piacenza in there. Then you're gonna have the the middle of the pack, and then you're gonna have the the bottom of the pack as well. Yeah, I see at least four different tiers that are clearly distinguish each other. You have the, 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 the top the top three dogs, then you have Piacenza and, and Trento fighting for the second tier. Yeah. And you have a very fluid one going from sixth to, I guess, tenth. Then you and then you have Verona, which is slightly better than the bottom two teams. But yeah, you have uh, the, the the middle tier is going to be really interesting because, as you said, the level the level is very very close among those five teams uh, mm-hmm. in belonging in that tier. But yeah, the other teams, the other tiers seem really clear apart from that. Yeah. All right. Let's let's. Do you want to go through kind of some of the? Uh, we'll wrap this up by going through thirteen through one. Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, well, for me, 13, I've got Taranto. How about you? Ravenna, definitely. Yeah, okay. Taranto. Ravenna, Taranto. Yeah, but Taranto uh, is at 13. And I've got Ravenna at 12. Yeah, I have Taranto at 12, so... Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, Verona at 11. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got Monza at 10. Whoa, Monza 10. Well, okay, me. I... It's... No, I ranked Monza higher. I actually ranked Padova at number ten, but as I said, it's very fluid. Okay. Padova at, at, at ten. So where are you going to go with Cisterna at nine? Latina at nine? Yeah. Okay. Um. At eight, who do you got? Milano. Milano. Okay. All right. At seven. Monza. Monza. 
And then finally at six. Bebo. Bebo. Okay. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's a bit controversial, but uh, I think uh, I decided to to put some um, some gambles in it because uh, I I have faith in Bebo. I think Monza, despite all the downgrades, is still a, a competitive team. Padova is really really young, so they will have. I will need time to adapt, and I think that this will penalize them at least at the beginning of the season. Maybe they will climb up some rankings in the in the second in the second part of the season. But uh, as I, as we said, from six to ten, very fluid. Everything anything can happen. If 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 a time traveler showed up right now and said, "Hey, Hebo got tenth," I said, "Okay, not really surprised. Bit bit disappointed, but not really surprised." And if you said, "Hey, Padova is sixth." Yeah, be surprised, but not that much. So pretty much everything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I know everyone ships off Vivo because they got the best player in the world uh, in Yuji Nishida. But I just don't, I just, I'm like looking at the roster right now. I don't know. Borges, Bas, like Basic was a very hit and miss player for me last year at, at Milano. And I mean, I feel like he's similar to like Randazzo where they like, you know, like, when is it going to come? Um yeah, yeah, I, I know, but, but it's but it's true. Like looking at the roster, like it's it's hard to ship a team like Padova or Cisterna, um, any any uh, higher than you know teams with Vivo, like like Vivo, I, I like Vivo. I truly think that Monza is going to be outside of the 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 playoffs, though. I think that Monza is going to kind of fit in that ninth and tenth position. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, a tough break for whoever gets uh, out of the playoffs because competition is very. It's very close. I think I have more faith than you in the in the Brazilian guys, but I think after all they are Brazilian nationals, so it has to tell something. I mean, maybe they're now, of course they are not uh, Leal or Lucarelli, but they're still Brazilian nationals, and uh, I think they would they could they have the chance to do good. I think I think Douglas is going to do good, but I don't think Uncle Mo will. No, poor Uncle Mo. I think, like, you know, like, and, and, and that to me is just like, I think that you're going to have Luca Basic outplaying Uncle Mo, which I don't think is a great scenario for you to be, v, you know, for, for it to be Vibo. Um, I, 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 I really don't. So I, I think, I think that's going to be interesting. And for me, as I said, it's really going to break down to how well that connection between Davide Saida is and the, the rest of his team. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. What's the current exchange for rate for Instagram followers to win? Um, I don't know. Ask the Japanese national team. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Is Tommy? Is there anything else we want to chat about here? Well, the, the top five. Oh, the yes. Sorry, the top five. Um, you're right. Completely forgot that part. Um, I've got five at Piacenza. Me too. Yeah. I think. If I had to do, if I had done this before the European Championship, I would have probably put Trentino five. Agreed. But the way, or maybe Micheletto, even maybe even lower. Yeah, but the way Micheletto, uh, of course, Micheletto, but Ladia and Pinali, who were average and very inconsistent last year, but they played really great at the European Championship. So I give it, I give them a chance and put them a number four. Yeah, I I agree. Um... I think that Trentino is going to kind of figure it out. I think this is kind of a new, uh, a new dawn for Trentino Volley. 
Um, but you know what? I feel like every time Trentino goes through one of these these stages, and I'm always like, Trentino is like, they're going to be crap. And then they always, like, they're, they're just one of those clubs that their rebuild is never really an actual re- rebuild. You know, it's just like, like we're going to get knocked down a little bit. We're not necessarily going to be fighting for the title, but we're going to be able to work our way back up. Yeah, they have a very strong youth academy, so they will also have they will always have some good player, Italian player, which is key in the Italian league to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, at three, who do you got? I put Modena. Okay, yeah, me too. I'm glad you did because I didn't want you to get mad mad at me. But uh, it's uh, it's just it like we we talked about it earlier. I think. I think that the the depth of the roster is going to be their their kryptonite, and it's hard for me to see them go to go through a season without some type of injury that's going to hurt them significantly. Um, also, I think the the same point, same time, you've got like um, this is essentially a brand new team in in a lot of ways, and I know Perugia and both Lu Perugia and Lube have made some changes as, as well too, but there's there's a lot of holdover for, from those teams. And I think that, you know, here for Modena, they're just, they're, they're kind of recreating, trying to recreate everything here. Either they're trying to recreate their, their team from a, a few years ago, but. Which is, uh, which is, um, which is contradicting partly what you said before. It's a new team. Seven out of 12 players wearing that uh, infamous uh, 2008 Modena, <coughs> sorry. That, um, that ultimately uh, went to disaster with the uh, with of management and stuff. But the players are very tight knit. I mean, uh, Bruno and Abdel, uh, Abdelaziz and, and never played together, but they are close friends. Same can be said. Uh, Bruno knows well uh, Leal from uh, from Brazilian national team. I mean, it's a team of friends. I mean, uh, if you look at modern newspaper, the, all the interviews are insisting much on the fact that the team is very tight knit. Players are uh, very, very much friends with each other. They, they always go to Bruno's house to do, uh, to do barbecues and stuff like that. And uh, this is going to be probably their main, um, the, one of the, the uh, main, the strongest parts, depth and serving. I think I've never seen a team that is as strong on serving like this year, Mondina. Right, but you all right, know right. that serving is something that can go on and off. So there are those days when uh, you are just uh, just uh, bombing from the serve, but the ball doesn't want to go in. It goes like <clears throat> three centimeters outside or just inside the net. Those days happen. Mm. But if uh, if serving kicks in, Modena is potentially the best team in the league if serving kicks in. And that's kind of one of my things here is that even though I'm ranking Modena third, I wouldn't be a surprise at all if they win. If they win it all. If they win the Scudetto, obviously win the CEV Cup. Because they have those players in like from Bruno to Engapeth, obviously in the mirror, and then, you know, Daddy Stankovic. That they're just going to be able to turn it on. And if that team gets hot, Right, if if they get hot, and I mean, let let let's be honest, if you get hot and you've got Perugia on the other side, and you've got Matt Anderson and Leon to serve at, and then I mean, one thing that we haven't talked about is that this is the the regrouping of that Zenit, that legendary Zenit Kazan team between Leon and and Matt Anderson. So we know they've done it before, but 
Not the same Anderson, though. Not the That's same not. Anderson, no, and it's questionably not even the same Leon, right? And so if they can kind of just go after him, it's uh, I think it might be game over. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe it's not the same Leon, but it's the same uh, world's best Leon. He's a different player, but he's still arguably the world's best. I think Anderson, I, I, I'm not, I, I'll say something very controversial here. I'm not too high on Anderson this year. For Fair a enough. number of reasons. First, the, the half season he did in Modena, he wasn't the same Anderson who dominated in Zenit. I mean, he was superb on passing. He was great in serving, but he had a lot of trouble uh, on offense. The, the last 10 games he played, I mean, he struggled to reach 40% killings. And uh, let's not forget that the, the last year and a half, he didn't get uh, playing time at club level. Because uh, the first half year, the season was gutted through COVID. Last year, he was supposed to play in China. He didn't. For a guy who is 34, if I remember correctly, one year and a half of uh, uh, being away club championship, it can have a pretty huge impact. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't play bad at the Olympics. I won't say that. But a whole club season... With, with you being basically one year and a half inactive, it's going to be a tough challenge for Mass. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. However, I do think that, you know, we, we talked about the depth of this Perugia roster and the yeah. fact that, like, he can play on the left or the right. You've got Plotnitsky who can sub in uh, on the left side. You've got yeah. Terhorst who can play on the left or the right. And you've got Rich Licky, right, on, 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 on the right side. So you've got that those opportunities to like, hey, if Anderson's not happening, hey, Plotnitsky, you're going to come in and you know that he's comfortable slotting in right next to um, uh, to Leon because he, he did it he did it all last year. And maybe we get into a, a, a situation where Wichlicki isn't getting it done and Anderson gets moved over to the right side. You've got Plotnitsky and, yeah, and Leon, you know, or even maybe Terhos jumps in there. So, you know, I, I don't know if... I, I don't know if that Matt Anderson not being up to snuff is going to be as much of an issue as 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 it potentially could be. Yeah, you made a good point. In fact, I ranked Perugia higher. Namely, if we, if you want to do the last part, I ranked them number two. You ranked you you put Perugia number two. Yeah, I did because yes, we have an impressive roster. If you take player by player, if you do an average, they might be higher than Lube. But it's Perugia. I mean, uh, all things can happen in Perugia. Perugia uh, is a tough environment to work with. Ask Zaitsev, ask Ainen, ask uh, Afanasievich, uh, uh, ask uh, lots of people, ask Bernardi. And uh, I mean, the, 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 the Gino Sirci, the owner, is a, is a guy who likes to splash money on the team, but he's also a guy who likes to surround himself with lots of yes men. And you see what happened last year. Nobody, nobody thought uh, Heinen would be. And we know Heinen is saying, okay, he's not going to, to be a yes man. And uh, Sirchi has to respect the fact that he's Heinen, but he ultimately, ultimately didn't. He's acting during a Scudetto final. And this year, nobody thinks he can do something like that to, to Gerbich because he's Gerbich. Because he's Gerbich. He happened to Heinen. Why can't it happen to Gerbich as well? I mean, it's. Uh, it's I just, I know. just think that Gerbich is a different type of coach. Heinen, Heinen was never an all-star, 
You know, it was never an all-star player. Heinen is known to bring up those smaller teams and to make make it work. You know, and and to take a team that is maybe supposed to be less talented than it is, like the 2018 Polish roster for for the World Championships, and and mold it into something else through. Yeah, you know, in the Netherlands as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Whereas I think that a team like this. You're dealing with superstars, and it's more about managing emotions and managing a team in, in, in that type of fashion. And, you know, like, Gerbich has all of the accolades. He has all of, you know, in, in terms of the player, like, Leon has to respect that at, at, at any level. I mean, Anderson's going to respect that. Plus, he did it last year. He did it with Zaxa, right? He, he won the Champions League last year with Zaxa, so I just think it's really going to be... Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for sure. But uh, I I'm I'm would if I was to put my money on it, I would put Perugia. And maybe if you told me that uh, volleyball IT is as is ranking them third, like you know, third is of course too low. But uh, yeah, with between them and Lube, it's gonna be a really really close. Because uh, Lube on the other on the other hand, uh, I was watching um. Uh, some statistics on Superliga. Lube as I think that is the second oldest team in the league behind Modena. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are they are very experienced. They are very tight knit. Everybody knows each other well. Uh, I mean, let's not let's not uh, forget that uh, while incredibly talented, Perugia is going to have his first season with a new sector. And as not as much as uh, talented Janelli can be. First season in a new club is tough for any sector. So, yeah. I don't know. Lube just seems me like more ready to win. I mean, I would give Perugia one year and then maybe the following year. But again, they're like this, they're very, very close. So, Perugia winning wouldn't surprise me as long as Chivitanova going second wouldn't surprise me. Fair More enough. than a winning will surprise me a bit, but not as much. So it's very, very tight. Fair enough. Well, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It gets kicked off on Saturday. You guys can check it out on Volleyball World TV. Is, is there still going to be games? Some some games on Ray Ray Sport. Yeah. Once uh, one one per week for for all of for all of you Italians or all of you VPN users out there. But uh, yeah gets kicked off on on saturday another season of the super lega getting getting going and uh i think it's gonna be interesting yeah it will definitely be and uh, i really really look forward to to start even because hopefully we will uh, go back to the arenas but also as a as a let's say neutral fan uh, when there's gonna be like perugia versus uh, perugia versus lube or uh, lube versus trento piacenza versus perugia going to be really really interesting matches and uh, everyone should enjoy them yeah absolutely and if you're looking for a place to enjoy the matches you should come join if you're not a rejoined you should come join the volleyball source discord um the link should be in the the show notes below if not if you head over to the website uh you can you can get over there or if you can't find it just dm me on on instagram because uh yeah, that's honestly. There's nothing better than watching the game and chirping on the Discord. There's memes flying everywhere. There's hot takes, spicy takes. There's 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 tons of stuff. Tommy's dropping knowledge. Uh, Monty Johnson's dropping knowledge. Of course, Rob St. Clair and and uh, and uh, Dan as well are all. Everyone's just dropping knowledge. So it's a good spot to watch some games. And uh, yeah, come join us. And then finally, one last shout out. Make sure to 
go check out the uh, thatvolleyball.store. You can find all of your spicy volleyball needs, and uh, I'm sure we'll be adding some some other things in the uh, coming weeks. So, Will Tommy, first of all, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming and joining us today. Uh, it was it was a long one. If you guys made it this far in the podcast, thank you very much. Appreciate you listening uh, for two plus hours as we go talk crazy about volleyball. Tommy, when are you going to be posting your preview on uh, Reddit? Um, maybe tonight okay. or tomorrow morning. Sounds good. We'll make sure to link us in on, on the uh, Discord once you do. Dude, thank you very much. Appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. It was a real pleasure and. Uh, Let's hope we can have another one. Yeah, really we'll, enjoy. we'll definitely do a check-in. We'll definitely do some more check-ins uh, throughout the season as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you again, and have a good night or a good day. It depends on your time slot. Yeah, good, good. good. It's 3.30 p.m. here, so I know it's a little bit later for you. 9.30, yeah? Time for dinner? Yeah, time for dinner. It's uh, half past nine, so it's seven different time for dinner. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks a lot, dude. Have a great night, and we'll chat soon. Guys, thank you very bye. much. We'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.